Welcome to NJASA's 16th Frontline Leadership for Extraordinary Times video podcast series. Our guest today is Dr. Christopher Nagy, a lifelong learner who has earned dual bachelor's degrees in philosophy and theology, two master's degrees in theology and educational leadership, administrator certifications, and a doctorate in educational administration. Before becoming superintendent and chief education officer of the Burlington County Special Services School District and Burlington County Institute of Technology, Dr. Nagy taught Latin and theology in a private Bethlehem, Pennsylvania school. He served as assistant principal and principal in Allentown and was superintendent and chief education officer of two Burton County High Schools and the Region 3 North Jersey Autism Center, where he created the first district and regional special education program to integrate students with autism into the Valley High School classrooms. Under his guidance, the Burlington County School District has increased student enrollment and apprenticeships, expanded course programs and offerings, established a summer session, revised the website to include employer job postings, and developed partnerships with county entities, Rowan College, and Bancroft at Burlington County to promote job creations, training, and youth partnerships. Dr. Nagy restructured the West Hampton campus, expanded programs with enhanced infrastructure, including child study teams, curriculum and instruction, data, social media, district technology plans, established a district curriculum council, special education transition programs, emergent workforce development opportunities, and innovative in demand employer needs, such as construction technology. Dr. Nagy is a former president of the Northern Valley Administrators Consortium and Upper Freehold Administrators Association, and former chairman of the New Jersey Department of Education Legal Board of Examiners. He is currently treasurer to the New Jersey Council of County Vocational Technical Schools, member of the Burlington County Workforce Development Board and the Burlington County Education and Youth Services Collaboration Committee. The Burlington County Chamber of Commerce named Dr. Nagy one of Burlington County's emerging leaders, and he was selected as one of Burlington County business leaders with the Voice Business Award. He was recently elected to the New Jersey Council of Education and re-elected to the Burlington County Regional Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. Dr. Nagy teaches doctoral courses at Ryder and Delaware Valley University and is the author of many educational articles and well-respected publications. Chris, welcome. And before we dive into our interview today, let me ask, how are you and your family doing during these challenging times? Rich, thank you very much for, for asking and thank you for this opportunity. Uh, my family and I, uh, thank God, are doing well. Being a former Latin teacher, I'm reminded often of the Roman philosophy, mensana incorpore sano, maintain a sound mind and a healthy body. The stress levels to, to deal with the unknowns each and every day as a superintendent and have the weight of the students and, and staff's well-being and education on the shoulders under a pandemic, while recognizing the extraordinary efforts being made by our staff and supporting them along the journey are considerable today for any superintendent. So I really value the opportunity for meditating, exercising, and looking at good eating habits to kind of balance our day. But thank you for asking. Well, I, I need to follow your example. I'm not doing quite as well as you're doing and balancing everything so well, uh, especially that last part about eating habits. So I'll work on that. 
You know, Chris, one of, one of the reasons I wanted to speak with you today is that, uh, you know, you face very unique challenges, uh, certainly some as, uh, very similar to other districts, but you're in a very special situation with regard to the county uh, focus and the services that you provide throughout Burlington County. So explain to our listeners and our viewers a little bit about uh, the situation that you and your staff face at the Institute of Technology and the Special Services School District. I, I appreciate that. You know, we're, we're for, I'm fortunate to be at the helm of 21, one of 21 county-run vocational technical districts, uh, school systems where we have a high school and adult students within Burlington County that we service with a career in technical education, where students can earn stackable industry credentials in more than 30 career pathways, anywhere from allied health to engineering to sports medicine to cosmetology and construction technology hard shops. And they can also earn up to two years of college credits, partnership with Rowan College at Burlington County. But Burlington County is one of the largest geographically among all of the counties in New Jersey. So my other district is only one of eight districts in New Jersey that are county-run special services school districts, which service students with exceptionalities from pre-K through age uh, 21. Some of the challenges that I'm facing, especially under, uh, and it's actually exacerbated under COVID-19, um, when we take a look at the mission of BCIT and uh, what we're doing in the county, in essence, what's very different than other school districts, comprehensive school districts, we have to compete for our own students within the county. So we have over 40, uh, 42 different districts in Burlington County, and any of the students that we have, we have to solicit them, if you will, to consider our, uh, our program. So uh, we have to create a compelling reason why students want to come to BCIT. And, um, and that's, that becomes very, very challenging. For example, under COVID-19, we don't necessarily have the physical connection like we normally do uh, prior to COVID-19. Another challenge, uh, and that's constantly we're working on, is the changing of the narrative and branding. Uh, the old way of looking at the vocational technical school uh, when we were in school uh, many times had that idea that the student who's not able to go on to college would uh, be perfect for the vocational technical school. Fast forward to where we are currently right now, and you know, it's a totally, uh, totally different design. In fact, it's a career in technical education uh, focus um, with, a, uh, with cutting edge professional and technical programs. Uh, we over, have over 30 different um, career pathways that students can follow and uh, they have uh, the ability to earn up to two, college, uh, two years of college credit with industry credentials. And that sets our students apart. Uh, for others, they're able to go directly into the workforce or continue as apprentices. So there's a two-way switch, if you will, for students if they wanna go right into the workforce after high school and or uh, as adults to earn their uh, industry credential and then go right into the workforce. The second, um, another piece that I saw is really being important right now and I know it's a, it might be a cliche on one hand, but on the other, it talks about uh, the whole idea of uh, being able to pivot and to create new pathways based upon industry needs at any given time. So we have to be nimble. We have to be able to create new pathways to meet emergent fields in industry and also be a response to local industry needs. The other thing is uh, maintaining a uh, entrepreneurial mindset. Um, I love this job because I'm in a position you know, uh, along with my members of my team to create the future that does not yet exist. And we're among uh, a select few in the country prior to the pandemic 
where we adopted a one-to-one -one Chromebook environment among CTE institutions. Uh, we also created a Literacy for Life program um, and only one among uh, many in the county in terms of promoting the importance of strengthening literacy skills for a new environment and competition which uh, our students will face. We also adapted uh, uh, artificial intelligence, augmented reality and virtual reality from industry partners to our CTE programs with the assistance of a defense, uh, Department of Defense contractor. We also added to our pre-engineering programs the ability to earn an FAA drone pilot's license among many others. We're also looking at the future, looking at wind technology, nanotechnology, biotechnology and engineering, cybersecurity, just to name a few. So it's important to have that entrepreneurial mindset and to be able to, uh, to move with the times. A challenge that we're seeing currently right now are internships and school to work programs under COVID-19. It's very important for us in the CTE institution to provide on the job training as well as real world connections, not only in the classroom, but also to the industry itself. So developing and maintaining partnerships with the industries and hands-on experience, um, we, we have to look at things very, very differently right now than we ever did before, especially under COVID-19. The other piece, and this is germane to all of us, is navigating the virtual environment. Uh, we have to be creative and leverage technology to create various connections to hands-on parts of the curriculum uh, were not able to be done um, in, in person. Um, and last but not least, the whole focus on equity and diversity, and we all know how important that is today. But um, I created a position uh, of an assistant superintendent for equity and diversity that we could look at the vertical and horizontal articulation across both of our districts relative to equity, access, and celebrating diversity and opportunity. On the special services side, we're always looking at uh, the issue of promotion and marketing of our campuses. I call our campuses campuses of miracles. Let, we want to let the world know our success stories and value that which we provide to our sending school districts. We have now have a, a transition campus focused on upscaling student skills to help navigate uh, the job environment and to provide school to work opportunities. And for some, they have the ability, if they have the um, aptitude, to actually take college courses as a special needs student while providing all of our students exposure to development in CTA-like shops. Also, due to uh, the budget constrictions and cuts within districts uh, all the way across the state, more districts are wanting to hold on to their uh, special needs students. And as a result of that, they're looking to try to save money when it isn't necessarily the best option for the students knowing that we are a solution and we have the team to support um, these students. We have the programs, we have the expertise, and we have the related services such as physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech. Also under COVID-19, a big challenge for us is to teach in, an, in a virtual environment, um, especially for our students with exceptionalities who are in need of personal attention. Another challenge for us is leveraging technology in the virtual environments. So we've uh, introduced new teletherapies, Zoom and Google Meet taking place of in-person meetings with our parents for IEP meetings. Taking a look at how do we uh, rework our school to work programs when businesses aren't necessarily uh, accepting students at this time. And there's little to no funding such as Perkins for special needs school districts. 
So those are just a couple of the challenges uh, as well as opportunities for us in these two school districts. See, that's certainly a full plate you've got there and uh, lots of initiatives. You talk about being able to pivot. It's incredible. Yeah, listening and certainly in the many years that I've been in education, understanding how vocational schools were perceived so many years ago and now the challenges of preparing uh, students for a world that is so dramatically changing and listening to some of those opportunities really demonstrate that you and your staff have been able to do that with the support of the county and the local districts. And I was thinking as you have your students exit, personal finance has got to be a key issue and an important concern for your graduates. And I know you, you're doing some things there. Uh, you've developed with uh, apprenticeship programs in particular. Talk to us a little bit about that and, and how that relates to personal finance. It's a, it's a, it's a great, uh, great question and certainly very relevant in today's, uh, in today's world. And the whole big mantra for us is, what's the return on investment and uh, the ROI, so to speak? So a student who graduates from BCIT, whether a high school student or an adult student, they earn industry credentials, uh, which truly allow them to enter the workforce right away. Or they have the option to continue on to college with up to two years of college credits with little or, or no debt. So think about the advantage of starting college as a junior with little or no debt. Parents would love that opportunity. So that's something that we are providing um, uh, currently right now at BCIT. We're also able to keep the costs down to students because of the partnerships that we have with industries. Many of them provide the tools on the job training and advancement in career opportunities that otherwise uh, a, a typical high school student may not have. For the apprenticeships, we provide a technical related uh, training um, at BCIT, both at the high school level and also in our adult division. And we assist with the connection to businesses to sponsor our uh, apprentices uh, with on-the-job training. We also help the local economy in that we're a solution for the unemployed, the underemployed, those who want to upscale their skills, career changers, and those who are looking for customized training for corporations with little money up front. And also for couple thousand dollars, you'd have an industry credential and you're ready to go and you have up skills um, uh, that you can put right to work. So part of all of this is that they can enter the workforce with little or no debt. And the average percentage of students who drop out of college, as we know uh, from the uh, statistics after two years is nearly 50% with no degree debt and for many, um, uh, no real job per se. So I think this is an opportunity. This is a sweet spot, if you will, for the economy. Um, where we're able to provide uh, solutions, not only for our local businesses, but also for our students. You know, related to that, and those great opportunities, I mentioned early in the introduction that you're a member and very involved with the Burlington County Chamber of Commerce. And in fact, you received some awards from them. Explain why those relationships are so important and what they mean to the success of the programs and your students. Um, thank you very much for, for, for asking that, Rich, because I, I think that's where this is a tremendous opportunity for educational, uh, uh, educational institutions. Uh, I'm fortunate to have been asked to be on the board of directors, for one of the largest chambers of commerce in the state. Um, I, as a superintendent, see the value of promoting business and educational partnerships and to connect workforce development and education. In fact, just two weeks ago, um, I chaired that event and do that every year for our chamber where we bring businesses and educational institutions together to have a conversation and to look at some common uh, areas where we can uh, build upon together. 
We have over 600 business partners uh, at BCIT who are a source of expertise, mentoring, a source of equipment and funding, and opportunities to provide sponsorships to our apprentices, and even to provide school-to-work opportunities. These companies also provide their people to schools to speak to students and to provide tours. As educators, we now have the opportunity to sit down with key business leaders and cutting edge companies and to be able to learn from them and them from us and to shape a new career program or to refine a curriculum or to be a solution to employment needs for the companies themselves. This provides that cross connection between business and education and is so important to our economy today. Yeah, I can, can only imagine the assistance that you get in understanding the labor market and being able to help you, as we say, pivot and to be able to change programs. Not an easy thing to do, to restructure and uh, to kind of vision uh, what's out there so that you know which direction to head. I, I remember uh, Ian Jukes, one of our speakers at Texpo, talking about you have to be, as a superintendent, kind of like a quarterback. You don't throw the ball to where the end is on the line. You've got to look down the field and toss it to where you believe he's going to be. I think the same thing is true in terms of how you're describing where you need to look in order to prepare students for the world they're going to find. You know, Chris, you, you talked earlier about the challenges uh, that have increased with regard to uh, living now and operating in a COVID-19 uh, environment. And so a question I have for you is, we see this as redefining the meaning of being a true leader. And I think you've exemplified in your conversation much of what you're doing uh, to become that leader for your students and your communities. In your opinion, what attributes or skill sets uh, does a superintendent, or as we like to say, a chief education officer, need to possess during these very difficult times? And what advice would you share with our members? Rich, thank you very much for that question. And I will say, having a, uh, a, a YouTube channel on, uh, through Disrupt Ed TV, where um, I created a Leadership Spark series, that was before COVID-19. And so, I would say some of the things that uh, I'll mention now actually build upon those because there are lessons learned under COVID-19. So I think first and foremost um, is the exercise of empathy as a leader um, and to be a very good listener, uh, to the ability to, uh, to pivot, but most particularly to unlock the agency of the organization. Um, I've learned more than ever right now the importance of having a sense of humor uh, through the craziness and every day presents its challenges. And to understand and to truly exercise self-care. And that's hard to do. Um, I just uh, started up about two months ago on my exercise program and uh, staying with it uh, in order to increase the energy and also to, uh, as I mentioned before, keeping a sound mind and a healthy body uh, during this particular time. The thing that I've learned the most during this is the ability to focus on emergent distributed leadership. Rethinking leadership, looking at our nurses, custodians, teacher leaders, counselors, even our students, whether as individuals or in teams, as a way to look for different leadership roles within, the, uh, within our districts. In addition to that, to create conditions of what I consider to be serendipity. How do we tap into the expertise of others outside of their certification or what it is that they're teaching? To tap their life experiences and outside expertise based on their hobbies or interests. 
Another thing, and probably one of the more important ones, is to be present and to be a solution uh, for the staff. We, at this time, we don't want to add to the burdens of our teachers and our, and our staff. They're taxed to the max right now in this environment, and they're doing a phenomenal job, working twice as hard as they would uh, normally do, trying to migrate through uh, virtual as well as in-person learning, uh, which we were able to do since the beginning of the year, and also while they're juggling their family needs. So I would say those would be a couple of the, uh, the key takeaways during COVID-19 and also looking at um, how we uh, refocus and uh, reshape our thinking in terms of leadership. Wow, great insights and uh, certainly distributing that leadership is a necessity in, in times like this and a good practice any other time. So as Chris, uh, I, our time's coming to a close. We have to say I've learned a lot today. I'm sure our viewers and our listeners have as well. Doing some great things and you're exemplifying the good work that the county systems are doing in each of the 21 counties. So I want to want to thank you for being with us today and wish you continued success in everything that you're doing. Thank you very much and uh, good health and happiness too with you and your family and thank you for your leadership with NJASA. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much Chris and to our viewers and to our listeners we will continue distributing podcast interviews to help keep you connected and informed. So please monitor your email, visit njasa.net, and subscribe to our NJASA podcast. Until next time, I'm Richard Baza. Please be safe, stay well, and stay healthy. Thank you.